Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for this morning. I thank you uh, for the reminder of the great joy that's found in, in you and really the hope that's found in you. And, and so, Lord, today as we come together and we celebrate a great event, Lord, I ask that you would just move in this place. And maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time, whatever it is, Lord, let us uh, be able to experience and remember this story that you came to be with us and the significance of that. So we ask that you would continue to move in this place for the rest of this morning. In your name, amen. Well, thank you, band, for leading us. They'll be back up in a little bit. But Merry Christmas, everyone. So how many of you are all set? You're ready to go. The rest of the day is relaxing. All right. Great. Three of you. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> you know, San Diego culture, I would expect nothing, nothing other than that from, from all of you. So I will see you out there shopping today. Good. Um, <laughs> It's amazing how uh, Christmas time is the time, you know, today we, we want to remember and celebrate and, and think of what this, the message of Christmas is, and it, it was a, it's a message where Jesus entered into existence. He, he broke onto the human scene in what we believe is the, one of the most significant events in all of history. And he entered in a time when the nation of Israel was feeling chaos, and there was some religious turmoil, and, the, and there was um, chaos even within the religion, and there was chaos in their country, and there was this fake kind of peace that was, came from the Roman government, but it was a peace that came because of force. It wasn't really the lack of conflict, it was just the presence of force to create peace. And so Jesus entered the scene in, in a time of a chaotic time. And though we sing about a silent night, and it very well could have been, and a holy night, but it was a, a time when when he broke in, it changed things. But he came to bring peace. So it's interesting to me that the event that we use to celebrate peace, often there's a lot of chaos leading up to it, is there not? I, I remember uh, one of our first years of marriage, my wife and I, we, had, um, we only had one of our sons at the time. It was our, our oldest one. And... Um, we decided to do it in order, and, and so, <laughs> so uh, it, we had just one son at home, and we decided we were going to have a, a, a mellow, we were gonna, in, it was going to be a peaceful Christmas day because we were flying up to, to Seattle where all of our family lived that day, so we thought, okay, let's just have an easy morning, because uh, we had to leave for the airport at like 8.30 in the morning, and so we opened a gift with him on Christmas Eve and went to our services and looked at Christmas lights, and the next morning, we were just, there was no presents under the tree or anything. We were just going to wake up, grab breakfast, go to the airport, but we were going to just, let's be relaxed, let's, let's not get into the chaos of it. So Christmas morning came, we woke up. And, and my wife and I were sitting around, and we looked. I, I, I kept looking at the tree because we got up early because we had to get ready to go to the airport. I kept looking under the tree and thinking, I have a two-year-old who's going to be coming downstairs any minute now, and I have nothing for him because we, we, we celebrated the night before. And, and even though we wanted to just say, it's, it's okay, I kept looking under that and starting to feel like, oh, no, what have I done? Now, right now, some of you are judging me. I get it. Christmas is not about the presents. It's don't quite, don't commercialize it. Don't brainwash your two-year-old. How dare you? I know, I stand condemned. But it wasn't for him. It was for me that I, I couldn't handle it. So I kept looking under the tree, and I realized I, I have to do something. So I looked at Sarah, and I said, Sarah, I, I, 
I have to go get him something. So I left and I, and I found an open store. It was a grocery store. And, and I thought I could find the perfect gift for anybody in here. So, so I walked in and much to my delight, there was a display with the exact, the, right what I needed. And it was this beautiful display and these boxes were stacked in the shape of a Christmas tree. It was a sign from God. And and it was a, bo- a bunch of boxes of Christmas Captain Crunch. <laughs> you know, it is colorful, it is festive, it is fun for the whole family. So, so I thought, this is perfect, so I grabbed, it, I grabbed the box, I ran home, I went back in, paid for it, then went home and, and, <laughs> and, and wrapped it up. And when my son came downstairs, he had a gift. He said, look, we have a gift for you today. And he opens it up, and he was happy, I was happy. The whole family had Christmas crunch for Christmas, <laughs> and it was a great start. But it's interesting that even in our efforts and our desire on that day when I look back to say, let's just, it's about Jesus. It's about just relaxing, peace of God, silent night, all of this. I still felt this little tinge of the need for chaos, the need for being hectic. And I wonder how many of you are feeling that right now. And you're wondering how long this service will go on and when the traffic's going to pick up. (laughs) How late is your favorite store open today? But at first Christmas, when Jesus came in, he came in to deal, to provide answers for us in our chaos. And that's what we celebrate today. The scripture reading that we had for you today was out of the book of John. And it's interesting because the book of John, when he's writing, he writes about the first Christmas, but he doesn't say anything about shepherds or mangers or angels, wise men, none of it. It's not because he didn't think it existed, but his point was to explain the significance of that first Christmas. And when he heard the reading today, he, what we see is John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word, word was with God, and the Word was God. He was the Word in the beginning, and all things that were created were created by the Word. Now, this doesn't translate very well into English. We hear this and we say, what are you talking about, the Word? See, John was writing in Greek, and the Greek word here is logos. He didn't think you'd come on Christmas Eve and learn some Greek, but you're going to learn it. And and the thing is, he uses this word logos because in the Greek-speaking world, it, it didn't just mean a word, but word for them was the principles that ordered and sustained the universe. To the Greek world, it was the logos, and it's where we get our word logic, It's a thing that creates order and structure and sustains a universe. So John, when he's writing to his audience, he says, you know that those principles you're thinking about, those kind of forces of nature, that actually is God who created all things. It's God who sustains all things. And in verse 14, when he says the word became flesh, he says not only is it the creator God, but he became flesh and dwelled among us. So he uses a word to speak to the Greek-speaking world to tell them there's something more significant. Now, here's a cool thing. To the Hebrew-speaking world, to the, Jewish speak, to the Jewish world, and John was a Jew, writing to a bunch of people, and there was a large audience. The original Christians were, were part of Judaism. And when they're hearing the message, the Logos to them, they already used it as a name of God. See, for the Jews, they wouldn't utter the name of God, and they knew in the Greek world it was, it was this creator or sustainer of the universe. So logos to the Hebrews, to the Jews, also meant God. 
And so in one term here, John writes, and he says, to the Greek-speaking world, he says, it's, this is not just this logos, this word is not just a cosmic force in the universe. It's not just a light that binds all things together. It's not a connection between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. It's not just that impersonal thing. But rather, the thing that orders and sustains the universe is God, the all-powerful creator God. And at the same time, to the Hebrew-speaking world, he's saying it's not just an all-powerful creator God, but it's a God who became flesh and came near, who is personal, who's loving. He is powerful and personal. He is just, yet he is loving and good. He is holy. He is separate from what anything you can imagine, yet he'll draw near. He is present. And so when John describes the first Christmas, he describes Jesus this way. The creator of the universe who came near, who was here now for us. I, I love, there's a, there's a band called Hillsong, and they wrote about this event. They wrote about Christmas, and they say it this way. They said, who is God that he would take our frame? He's the artisan inside the paint. Or breathe the very air that his breath sustains He's the architect inside the plan. He's royalty robed in the flesh he created. Jesus the maker has made himself known. The one who had no start and knows no end became confined in time and tense. The everlasting God, the great I am, in the mercy of a mother's hands. He's the one who holds the stars in the creases of his hands. He's the one who holds my heart like his mother once held him. The one who knows where... Space has run its course. He embraced a baby's mind, and now we can know our God. He's the monarch of the stars, the king above all kings, the ruler of our heart, the savior of our sins, the one who sees what lies in each and every soul. He embraced our finite eyes, and now we can see our God. The holy word of God defined by name. He's the author who climbed inside the page. God embraced our frame when he graced the world he made. All hail the divine in a manger. Love embraced our fate when the playwright took the stage. I love just this description of the one who wrote this story, who entered in to the story. When John is describing this in John chapter 1, he says, not only did he come and dwell among us, but we found that in him was life. And his life was light for all mankind. And, and when we think of Christmas, often we, we think of the lights. I love to go look at lights. Anyone else like to go look at lights? Okay, eight of us. You all fit in my minivan next year. All right, we'll go. So I still make my kids come and look at Christmas lights. I just love the festivities of, the, of it. But it's interesting that light is everywhere in Christmas. And it really should be because that's what it's about. John said the life of Jesus brings light, and I just have two thoughts for you this morning. What does that light mean? Where does that light shine? What is Christmas really about? The first is this, the light of Jesus shines on our need, it shines on our darkness. See, we, we think of this as darkness for us is, is what we would call sin. It's the areas where we believe we fall short of God's ways. This is the human condition where we give in to greed and jealousy and anger hate, selfishness, 
positioning to be better than someone else and, and fighting our way to the top and at the expense of others, all those things that we do quite naturally as humans. See, these are areas where we fall short. We call it sin. It's darkness in our life. And Jesus comes so his light can overcome our own darkness. In John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The light comes for us to have eternal life. You might say, though, this morning, you might say, Ryan, you, you don't understand. You don't know my life. You don't know what's going on with me. I don't know if God can meet me in my place. You don't know how hard it is right now. I don't think I can find hope in my own darkness. You don't know how tough it is in my marriage. You don't know how tough it is with my relationship with my kids or my parents. Or You don't know about my health issues. You don't know about our financial struggles. Do you think Jesus can meet me in the midst of that desperation and, and, and darkness? Can he be there? I love the author, Anne Voskamp. She said it this way. The secret to finding this hope, joy, peace from God is by seeking him where you doubt he is. One of the secrets to experiencing this light of Jesus is by seeking him where you doubt he is. In in the struggle in your marriage, in the struggle at work, in your struggle in your relationships, to seek God in those places in the light of Jesus, we believe you can find it there. He comes to be light in your life. You can meet him there. The question for you today is, will you receive the light? For some of you, maybe you've never responded to the light of Jesus. And and a simple prayer for you today may be, God, I don't have all the answers. I'm not sure if I believe everything. I'm still wrestling with this. But if what is said about you in the Bible is true, I want that to be true. And Jesus... If you truly can be light and shine in my darkness, would you do that for me this year? Forgive me for my sins and bring new life. Simple prayer like that. And guess what? Christmas, it's a gift. It's not something you earn. It's something you receive that he's offering to you. So the first part of the light is that the light shines on our need in in our own darkness. The second thing is the light of Jesus illuminates our path and shows us what real life looks like. See, many of us in here have already responded to the light. But the life of Jesus is not just about eternal life, but it's for life today. And here at Seacoast, we believe that following Jesus is the best way to live. We believe that in the life of Christ, he shows us the fullness of mercy, the fullness of compassion, the fullness of justice, the fullness of grace is found in the life of Christ. He illuminates our path that we may experience true life. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and to have it abundantly. So the light of Jesus is more than simply shining on our sin and providing eternal life, but it's providing abundant life today. Will you respond to that light? I'm going to invite the worship team to start making their way back up. And as they make their way back up, I want to ask you, Two questions to respond to. The first I already asked is, will you receive the light this year? Is that something for you that you know you're here, you're hearing this message, and God is getting a hold of your heart, and will you be willing to just take the first step and say, if this story is true, I want to believe. God, help me to believe. And there's a bunch of people around here who would love to walk with you in that journey. 
And we know you don't have to have all the answers right away. I still don't have all the answers, but we're in process. We want to walk with you in that journey. The second question for you today is this. Maybe you've received a light, but are you willing to shine that light this year? The light of Jesus. We want to be a community of people. If we truly believe that the light of Jesus is the best way to live and makes a difference, will we take this message of Christmas throughout the year? I know every movie says Christmas can be every day. It's the love in your heart. That's actually partly true. The message of Christmas is God is here now. And the way we shine our light, the way we engage in love and compassion and justice and grace and mercy with everyone we interact with brings the light of Jesus to the world in which we live. Will you shine that light? That first Christmas, when Jesus came in, he came to a world that was filled with darkness and chaos, and he brought light. And Dave, I want to ask you to kind of dim the lights as much as you can here, and we're going to end with a, as we traditionally do here, but as it's a symbolic moment, where we're going to light our candles, so I want to invite you to, to get your candles out. Here's the thing I love about this tradition, and here's the thing I love about the simple light of a candle is this. The darkest darkness in all the world cannot overcome the faintest light. There is no amount of darkness that is so dark that this one candle can't provide light. So you might be here today thinking, your life is so dark. You're struggling so much. You wonder if even a glimmer of the light of Christ can make a difference, and I'm here to tell you today. The beauty of the story of Jesus being the light, it's the faintest light, will overcome the darkness. And for those of you trying to shine the light of Jesus, uh, I, some of you feel like you're one candle in a very dark place. Maybe at the place you work. Maybe in a family where you're the only one who believes and they keep asking you year after year if you're still crazy enough to keep believing this. That person might be standing, sitting next to you right now. And maybe you live your life and, and you're trying to be a, a light of Jesus and you're trying to, to shine his love and his grace and his compassion and his mercy and you keep thinking, does my one light ever make a difference? Not even the darkest darkness can overcome that light. Something about the light of Jesus that nothing will ever overcome. Here we are 2,000 years later still celebrating it. And so, as we end our time, I'm going to light the candles here in the front row, and I'm going to invite you to turn and pass the light on, and this is symbolic of the light of Jesus that shines and how it spreads when we receive the light and shine the light of Jesus Christ. So we're going to end, and we're going to sing a couple songs as, as the lights spread here, and so I want to invite you to participate, and let's just pray. God, we thank you so much that in your life was light for all mankind. So this morning, as we celebrate and as we remember and as we look upon just a reminder and the symbolism of your light shining and spreading, God, would you 
fill this place with your presence. And for those maybe this year for the first time who are going to receive your life, accept your forgiveness as a free gift, Lord. Would you speak to them now? Help them take that step of faith. And Lord, we ask that your light would transform our communities, our families, our lives. So we thank you and give you this time now. In your name, amen. So I'm going to pass the candles around to the front, and uh, we'll sing. So I invite you to, let's stand as we sing this song.